You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. boys are back, baby. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is Reception, Reception, the show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Coe, Matt Harmon here with you. You're listening to Reception, Perception, the show. All right, here we are, Matt. Uh, I cannot believe it, man, but by the time the people listen to this podcast, um, they're going to be looking forward to the Hall of Fame game. Unbelievable uh, that we've got uh, NFL action right around the corner. Well, will they be looking forward to it, or will they... Um be acknowledging that it is happening the hall of fame game on, uh, <laughs> on august 3rd because really so far uh, of late right. at least the only thing that the hall of fame game has been um responsible for or known for is mm-hmm. uh well there was one year where there was like crazy weather delays and then of late it was really just like throwing people even more off course about josh jacobs in fantasy last year so um <laughs> that's right, I, that's right. <laughs> i'm not sure 100%. if people are looking forward to it uh this year especially since like zach wilson will be prominently involved and all kinds of stuff so oh, um, I love it. but there yes it is mind-blowing that you know yeah august 3rd it, there is a game thursday night and it, 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 it is here man <laughs> uh, but you know what dropped on the site today, though, Matt, uh, was the fact that we've dropped we've got six more Derek class and quarterback profiles up on the site today. Uh, mm. And man, it is a uh, time to celebrate. No doubt. Uh, I don't care whether you're, or not you're looking forward to the Hall of Fame game or not. OK, let me tell you some uh, the quarterback stuff on receptionperception.com. Boy, this is must reading. Uh, I mean, this is this is the baby. This is the good stuff. This is the good yeah, stuff, Matt. A hundred percent. I've been diving into, I mean, I had to do run to the Geno Smith profile this morning. Um, yeah. So I, I, I was, I've been waiting to read that one, but all of these, we've got a few really interesting ones to talk about. I, I really think that, you know, I mean, obviously look, I was bullish on bringing Derek in for this. I think that mm-hmm. it was, it, you know, it was, it's a good idea. I thought it was a good idea. You know, I was bullish on it from the beginning, but right. even reading the product more so, I've been even more happy that we did it. Especially like you know, talking about the Joe Burrow Jamar Chase thing. You know, we put the social video out about that. Like, I really think that's great use for for our two data data sets. That's a way to say yes. it. Data sets combining, no doubt. And that's exactly what we're going to do in today's episode. Okay, because there are two quarterbacks in particular that I really want to focus in on. Aaron Rodgers, one, Trevor Lawrence, two. We'll talk about Geno, too. Uh, Geno Smith as well, because again, I, I think there's just so much, there's questions and rightfully so whether or not Geno can repeat what he did last year. And, you know, again, he's not going to catch anybody by surprise in 2023, but the data would suggest certainly this was no fluke. Okay. So anyways, but uh, Rogers and Lawrence in particular, they're entering into new, you know, ecosystems, if you will. You know, you got Calvin Ridley there in Jacksonville, and then obviously Aaron Rodgers going to New York and, and getting into Garrett Wilson. 
I just want to jump into that right now. But this is you talked about it and hinted at it, but that's I think adding this quarterback data, Matt, um, really is a powerful tool when it combines with your data. And that's what I want to talk about with Aaron Rodgers and Garrett Wilson. But first, let's set the table. Okay, this is what Derek Klassen wrote about Aaron Rodgers. Quote, touchdown to check down was Rodgers' only mode of operation last year. 41% of his pass attempts went deep. 53.5% of his passes went for five yards or less. Only 5.8% of his throws went to that intermediate area of the field, 11 to 15 yards um, in that range. Okay, so only about 5% of his throws went into that intermediate area, which is just, I mean, that's mind-boggling, man. It's, but again, we get into that. All right, so now, how does his data from what you saw, Matt, kind of pair up with what Garrett Wilson does well? Yeah, the first thing that, that stood out to me, and, and Derek is so right about the, you know, touchdown to check down type thing and and sometimes those sometimes the the at least early in the season when he'd rip those like go routes to you know Alan Lazard or Romeo Dobbs and like I mean it, some people like said they were you know I think Justice Mosqueda would say like he'd let off one performative deep route you know run performative deep pass whenever he was starting to get frustrated Aaron Rodgers for one I do think like <laughs> I, I buy into the idea that Rodgers, like, moving on from Green Bay and getting this fresh start with New York and being there with his boy Nathaniel Hackett, who he's going to yeah. bat for, you know, in the media sure. after the whole Sean Payton thing, I think he really is going to be a little more um, dialed in, committed, settled. Oh, yeah. I, I do buy into all that. Uh, for, I mean, for how long. could you not? First of all, he restructured his contract to be more team-friendly all of a sudden. Crazy. Like, I mean, crazy, crazy stuff. And, and he just seems so dialed in. He's talking about trying to get some preseason snaps in. Like, all right, man. Like, this dude is locked in right now with the Jets. Yeah. If you don't think he's he's got one of them incoming, you know, FU seasons incoming, bro. Like, come on, man. Like, wake up, dude. This guy is absolutely going middle fingers to the sky. And he's going to try to prove everybody wrong. And especially the dudes in Green Bay. Um, but I want to get back to, again, some of the, the, yep. the, the charting data that, that Derek found here. All right. So I talked about 5.8 of his throws went to 11 to the, the, to the 11 to 15 yard range. That is almost half the rate of the next lowest quarterback, Derek Carr at 10.9%. So that gives you an idea of how little he used that intermediate area of the field. Um, but Matt, talk to me about what Garrett Wilson kind of sort of brings in that, again, that middle part of the field. And do you see Rogers maybe kind of adjusting his game a little bit to, to, to what Garrett Wilson does? So first of all, and I think this again is the marriage of the quarterback and the wide receiver, because who was Aaron Rodgers' best pass catcher last year by a country mile? It was Christian Watson. And right. Mm -hmm. We, we know that I've, you know, Christian Watson's skill set is he's going to win in those like gadgety stuff in the check, mm -hmm. you know, like some screens, uh, design plays to get him in space. You know, 9.8% of his routes were flat routes in his game sampled for reception perception. And he was really good on those, those like little quick out routes to get him into space. But his best routes, nine routes, post routes, corner routes, right. deep out routes, like the vertical stuff. So I think a lot of, Rogers lack of but where where Christian Watson struggles is 
that intermediate area of the field. So more of like the base NFL routes, the dig routes. You know, he's, he's about league average on curl routes, breaking off against man coverage, comeback routes, no good for Christian Watson, uh, slant routes. He's got to get a little bit more detailed getting off the line of scrimmage against man coverage. I think that Rogers number really lines up with, again, that's the fact that that's the best receiver, like targets per route run were crazy for Christian Watson, but he's, he was at least as a rookie, maybe he gets better there as a, as a second year, third year, fourth year player, et cetera. He was not good on those like base uh, routes on the intermediate area of the field. Um, you know, and I think that's part of this. And obviously the rest of the guys there, you know, Romeo Dobbs is not doing that. Al right. Lazard is not doing that. That's not their roles either, but you flip that over to Garrett Wilson. I mean, this guy's good everywhere, right? And right. I think the real yeah, yeah. area where they're going to connect, you know, you look at Rogers, the data from Derek Klassen, uh, the success rate on slant routes is incredibly high through those Crazy. routes a lot. 20.2% route percentage uh, were slants for Aaron Rodgers. The flat was obviously really high, but the dig route, you know, 7.5% success rate there, not a lot of usage, right? Only 1.6% there for Aaron Rodgers. That's where I think him and Garrett Wilson, much like him and Devonte Adams are going to make money on like those routes in particular, working over the middle of the field for Garrett Wilson, 83.7% success rate on slants, 78.8% success rate on dig routes. I think that's really where if they're going to be a connection that puts Garrett Wilson among like the 10 most mm -hmm. productive receivers in the NFL this year, obviously it's going to be big time vertical throws and you're going to get Garrett yeah. Wilson on those after catch stuff, but it's going to be those base over the middle routes where Garrett Wilson and Aaron Rodgers are really going to have to connect. Okay. So 89.8% uh, slant route success rate for Aaron Rodgers. That's just phenomenal. Right. And he's, and, and again, Klassen pointed this out as well, that he's, he's always loved throwing the slant. Um, and I think that obviously is going to pair very well with what Garrett Wilson does. But I think where you want to get excited is you hinted, you hinted at it right there, Matt, is right over the top, right? Um, Rogers excelled um, over the top with a 87.5% corner success rate and a 52% um, success rate on the nines, right? So that to me suggests with what um, – Garrett Wilson does over the top. I think that's going to be, again, a, a very high profile and a very productive uh, connection between the two men. Yeah, uh, not going to be a lot of performative deep balls uh, from Aaron <laughs> Rodgers to Garrett Wilson. No. They're just going to be like, let's attack over the top. And this team is, I mean, it's just really interesting the way they're set up because their defense, I think, is one of these defenses that's not, it, every every year there's some great defense that pops up and all, all of a sudden, right, they regressed because it was really turnover-based. That was really not the Jets last year. They weren't like no. a high turnover defense. They were just like a low yards per play, like really stopping you, putting pressure on the quarterback. Quinn and Williams obviously had a fantastic season, was rightly right. rewarded with the big-time contract. They got Sauce Gardner. Um, they, they've got players all over the defense, right? I think that defense is going to be good. And, and really, it's just not going to take the, – the funny thing about projecting these guys for fantasy and, and stuff like that is that – it's not really going to take this offense being very voluminous or like no. a ton of guys have to step up because I think the defense is going to be good. And I think they'll run the ball well when, when Brees Hall is healthy or if they signed Dalvin cook, I guess, whatever. It's really just about <laughs> being efficient between Rogers and Wilson. Uh -huh. And I think 
the quarterback charting data from Aaron Rodgers and certainly the reception perception data for Garrett Wilson, it just lines up so well. Obviously, we're talking about we're always talking about man Aaron Rodgers unlocking Garrett Wilson who you know has great re- reception perception indicators we've talked a lot on the show about the 94th percentile success rate versus press and what kind of company that puts him in from a rookie perspective but i really think that Garrett Wilson and where he runs his routes and where he's successful from a vertical sense but in the intermediate and over the middle areas too he's going to unlock Aaron Rodgers that that just like again as good of a player as Christian Watson is he was not that guy last no. year and obviously beyond Garrett Wilson ironically a lot of these boys are on the damn um Jets now between like Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb <laughs> but they do have Corey right. Davis too you know nobody yeah. in Green Bay last year was able to do what Garrett Wilson uh, is able to do Garrett Wilson, 65% success rate on nine routes last year. Matt, are you kidding me, bro? Like what? Yeah. <laughs> That's unreal. Come on. Now. I don't know what the league average is or the what the league average was in, in 2022. Uh, but I would say like anything above, you know, 55% uh, success rate on the nine is really good. And, and here comes um, Garrett Wilson with a 65% success rate on those nine routes, man. Like, and again, when you pair that with what Aaron Rodgers did in 2022, th- there is a lot to get excited about. Um, I will say ninth this. Best, I was- ninth best among the receivers sampled so far right now for Garrett Wilson, the successor on nine routes. I mean, the guys ahead of him are like, you know, it's the Bengals guys, T. Higgins, Jamar, Jamar yep. Chase. It's Terry McLaurin. You know, Jalen Waddle's up there. A.J. Brown's up there. You know, obviously, Justin Jefferson is up there. So, yeah, yeah he's, right, he's in good right. company. <laughs> Pretty darn good. Um, one one number that I did fi- find a little bit surprising with Aaron Rodgers, and I did I, I thought this would be the exact opposite. To be honest with you, um, among all the top quarterbacks in this league, and we're talking elite versus very good quarterbacks, all right? Like the top twelve ish, any, any of the top twelve guys that you can think of at the quarterback position, Aaron Rodgers ranked dead last in success rate versus man. 55.1% success rate versus man. Again, among those top, like, you know, 10, 12 quarterbacks in the NFL, Rodgers was last. That surprised me, Matt. I, I got to be honest mm. with you. Matt, to me, Rodgers has always seemed like, well, first of all, a very cerebral player, as we know. Um, but I just thought, you know, again, how much of it do you think is he didn't have a lot of man beaters? Uh, in Green Bay, and how much of it was just, all right, there was a little bit of slippage for a guy who's, again, approaching 40 years old. I think the arm talent is still there for Aaron Rodgers. One thing I thought was interesting in in Klassen's profile is he wrote perhaps the most concerning area for Rodgers' profile was his 40% success rate under pressure. The data is bad enough, but Rodgers also looked totally uninterested in making plays or finding outlets on film. And I think that second part is really key because – you know, especially against man coverage, right? Like if you're going to get manned up and there's going to be pressure on you, you're going to get pressure. You're going to want to improvise. You're going to want to scramble. You know, you're going to hopefully have receivers that can break off their routes. You know, we've obviously seen that with the Seahawks guys forever. And I think that is one area where Rodgers is definitely declining. Like, I don't think the arm talent is, is an issue. I do think probably Mm -hmm. confidence in the environment, confidence in the players around him was an issue at throwing against man coverage and being consistently accurate against man coverage. But I think the biggest thing is that his secondhand reaction, like his ability, because he's, dude, he's 40 now, right? Like he's an older guy and he was more athletic in his prime than like a Tom Brady or a Peyton Manning, certainly. But that was also like a big part of his skill set, right? Was 
he used to be much better on those improvisational throws. I don't think that's really part of his game as much, which by the way, is worth mentioning that I would say, if you look at the Jets roster, the one area that is a concern is the offensive line. Like mm. we could, we could sit here and hem and haw about, okay, Alan Lazard and Corey Davis, is that the best number two receiver they could have had? They've kept Elijah Moore. Like how strong really are they at right. pass catcher? The thing right. I think that can sink this unit is, is, is if this, if this offensive line is not good, if it's not like some of these players are Elijah Vera Tucker, you know, who got hurt last year, you know, Makai Becton's never been fully involved. These guys aren't like ready to rock. I think that's going to be a problem for this team and Aaron Rodgers specifically. Yeah. They need Vera Tucker um, to be a healthy version of himself for sure. Makai Becton. um, uh, He, he has put pressure on himself. Uh, I mean, he says he knows that this year is a make or break year for him. So um, so yeah, um, I don't know. I, I'm not sure what the, the offensive line coach or the head coach is going to be able to get out of these guys, but certainly, um, I think from a talent standpoint, man, I don't think they're, I don't think they're bad. You no, know what I mean? Yeah. I just, um, it, I think from a talent standpoint, I think they're fine. Um, and they should be okay. And, and given Rogers history with, um, look, <laughs> he loves to hold on to the ball if he's going to throw it deep. Uh, but certainly he can get the ball out quickly if they're utilizing a lot of these West Coast concepts, which I think they will with Nathaniel Hackett there um, in tow in New York. By the way, uh, Aaron Rodgers will turn 40 at some point in the season. He His uh, uh, birthday is in December, right? So uh, it, it's technically his age 40 season as we go into 2023. But yeah, 39 years old currently. Uh, is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, interesting stuff, certainly. I fully encourage people to go to the website, receptionperception.com, to go read um, his profile, which, again, I think is just, I think it's fascinating. Um, it really is. Rodgers is an interesting guy. I thought the Packers' construction from a pass catcher standpoint was really interesting. And then moving forward now, um, what he looks like in New York with a whole new set of characters, coaching staff, all that kind of stuff, motivation as well for Rodgers. I think that stuff is fascinating. Um, And reading about Rodgers, I thought was one of the most interesting things um, on the site for sure. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It's Reception Perception, the show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon. All right, you said you dove into Geno Smith. Uh, what did you think there? According to Klassen, again, statistically, um, analytically, according to Derek Klassen, the most accurate quarterback among all the, again, elite slash very good quarterbacks um, in the NFL. He ranked number one in man success rate and was fifth in zone success rate just behind 
the great Joe Burrow. So statistically and analytically, Geno Smith was terrific. Uh, but what did you find and what did you think about when you read about Geno Smith's profile on the site? I mean, yeah, that, I was really uh, pleasantly ple- pleasantly surprised maybe that Geno was, not that he was good, but that he was this good in mm. Derek Klassen's data. You know, I mean, the ability to throw nine routes and out routes and comeback routes, which are all like really high degree of difficulty throws. I think yep. that's the thing that really sticks out with me, uh, sticks out to me about Geno Smith is just like it, what even watching it last year in real time, not seeing like the data played out like it is now on the site. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, they're, they're not having him run like pl- throw Mickey mouse routes or like designer stuff. He's no. like doing some real drop back, big boy quarterbacking quarterback. Yeah. Quarterbacking. Yeah. Right. And like, <laughs> I mean, that was so impressive in real time. It's even more impressive right. to see uh class and lay it out with the, the adjusted accuracy and everything, because I mean, yeah, you just look at him every, like every route, he's extremely good throwing, um, you know, against man coverage, against zone coverage, like you mentioned, pretty much at all areas of the field, mm-hmm. he checks a lot of boxes, man. I tell you what, like, you know, I just finished my my, my uh, projections and everything, and and like, I'm gonna be higher on Gino this year than every than like almost everybody. And I don't think like there, you know how it is on fantasy Twitter. Everybody wants to fight about everything. You got to You if you like this guy, you have to hate the other. Like, I think you can like all the Seahawks receivers this year, <laughs> mostly because like like you want to uh-huh. draft Tyler Lockett, do it. You want to draft Jackson Smith and Jigba, do it. You want to draft DK Metcalf, do it. Because like I think Gino's performance as Derek lays out is very um, trustworthy. So I just, right. after reading the profile, everything that's in there, I feel even that much better about a Seahawks offense that I was already very, very high on because of the receiving talent. Yeah. 86.8% success rate on the curl route, which again, one of the more difficult routes that you can throw, uh, crazy. NF- yeah. It is, uh, is one of the more difficult routes you could throw in the NFL and uh, second in, uh, among all the quarterbacks that he has charted thus far, um, trailing surprisingly Lamar Jackson, who was number one, at 87.1%. I thought that number was really Mm. interesting as well, um, given the receiver talent that Lamar Jackson had. Curl routes, I I don't know. Curl routes and comebacks, man. Again, it can be an incredibly dangerous throw uh, in the NFL. It requires timing. It requires, you know, pretty good break on the ball. um, And uh, trust, I think, between quarterback and the wide receiver as well. I think the curl and the comeback, well, not the comeback so much, but the curl route especially, it's such a dangerous throw because that can be super contested. Ball gets tipped up a lot. Um, I mean, or just flat out, just guys make breaks on it and just pick six to the house, right? So um, to have that level of of success on those curl routes for both Lamar Jackson and Geno Smith, I think tells you a lot um, about where they're at as throwers. All right, Trevor Lawrence is – Hey, just uh, sorry, one one point just on, on yeah, the receivers – with, with the Seahawks, obviously, we'll see what Jackson Smith the Jigwa looks like. But yeah. um, success rate on curl routes and comeback routes for Tyler Lockett, 92.9% on curls, 93.8% mm. on comebacks. And then you look at DK Metcalf, too. You know, we think about him as just like a crossing route, go route guy. No way. Yeah. 90% success rate on curl routes and 85.7% on comeback routes. So um, Lockett running those routes more than Metcalf is. But, I mean, yeah, yeah those guys are great at separating on those routes. And Gino is just – I, like, I really think that's an area among the, I think over the middle stuff definitely was a big gap between the player that Russell Wilson was and who the, the player that Geno Smith was for the offense in the latter years of Russell Wilson's career, but also 
hitting those throws against man coverage, like the routine throws like that, uh, were it's a it was a big upgrade, Gino being in there. I mean, I think what we saw last year was the fact that um Geno Smith ran an offense, right? Yeah. And and like Russell Wilson may have been like, you know, in his prime, this, you know, brilliant jazz musician, right? Where he can freestyle with the best of them. You know what I mean? But when it came to actually running the the play called, I think what we saw um last year, and I think last year absolutely hammered that home was that Russell Wilson didn't necessarily give you a lot of structured plays, you know? And so he was relying on plays breaking down, playing a little backyard football a little too often because it was really successful for him in Seattle. But as you have pointed out, when you don't have those bad boys running around, you can't make those jazz musician plays. You know what I'm saying? Um, And Geno Smith was very much more you know, classically trained, if you will, you know, running an offense and running it well. Uh, The fact that you pointed out these curl route success rates for both Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Hey, listen, Gino has to make those throws. And he absolutely did. Yep. And what has been the complaint about specifically Tyler Lockett and fantasy for years up until last year? I wonder what changed last year. Oh, he's not consistent week to week. He's too <laughs> boomer bust. Right. I, and right. my point has always been like, it's nothing to do with the receiver. Watch the uh-huh. receiver play. There's no, yeah. there's no indication like, Oh, that's an inconsistent player week to week. People mm-hmm. didn't want to admit it. It was the quarterback's fault. As good as Russell, Wilson, even in prime, like prime Russell Wilson, as good as he was, it's the quarterback's yeah. fault. Correct. Um, all right, let's move on. Let's talk about the Jaguars. Let's talk about Trevor Lawrence here. Um, one of the takeaways that I got from uh, the profile was that Trevor Lawrence was actually pretty terrible deep. Uh, but according to Derek Klassen, strong on short throws. This is from QB class. Quote, Lawrence dominated the 1 to 10 yard range. Peterson's West Coast offense emphasizes that range of the field. And Lawrence took to the system well. success rate on the nines, 45% success rate on the corner, and a 64% success rate on the post. The post success rate's not bad, not great, but the 39% success rate on the nines, that that is very much well below league average. Um, Adding Calvin Ridley into the mix, Matt Harmon, does what for Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, I I think, you know, Derek points out in the profile that uh, receiver talent made it difficult for him to thrive in that area. Uh, They did a lot to do some kind of designery deep stuff from time to time. But there's not I mean, even Christian Kirk, who is I've said he's a vertical slot receiver. He's not a little bunny hop slot receiver, but he's Mm -hmm. not going to sit there outside the numbers and run nine routes. He's not going to run not, you know, a bunch of that's not really his game. Some of those post routes, I bet that's like Christian Kirk. Those are Christian Kirk Sounds routes, like right? It. Like sure. post yeah. routes from the slot. But nine routes is like the Zay Jones routes, you know, the the Marvin Jones routes from last year. You know, he doesn't have it. And again, I think quarterback play I think is that is a lot, I mean, it's a lot of it is confidence in your guys, right? Like mm-hmm. you're, we're like, well, this, why is this quarterback not pushing it down the field or deep outside the numbers? Like, well, who does he got to work with? Like, you know, you're going to work the middle of the field. If your guys are better working the middle of the field, I think having Calvin Ridley, you know, who, again, in the 2021 sample we have up on the site, 78.3% success rate on the nine routes. It's only a five game that's sample. Insane. So that's like, but that is insane. Yeah. It's only, that's again, insane. it's only a five game sample, but that's the guy who's going to beat press man coverage. That's why this is such a perfect trade. 87th percentile success rate versus man 
for Calvin Ridley in that 2021 season. And I mean, you yeah. go back to his 2020 player profile where he was obviously that was his best statistical season. Again, still a 71.2% success rate on nine routes, 80% on post routes, 86.7% success rate on corner routes. Overall, Jeez. 76% success rate versus man, 75.6% success rate versus press. Like those are big time wide receiver one numbers that I think are going to give um, Trevor Lawrence an awful lot more confidence working outside the numbers and on vertical routes. Now that that guy, this guy, Calvin Ridley is in the mix. I mean, it, it's just, I know it's been forever since we've seen him play, but this is a true number one receiver, like on the mm -hmm. Stefan Diggs archetype of uh, number one wide receivers. Calvin Ridley, um, and I know it was a smaller sample than you would like, uh, but 78% success rate on the nines. I just want to go back to that because that's just, it's just crazy to me. Um, that is in line with one of the best scores. And again, I know it's a shorter sample, but if it was a full sample, it'd be in line with one of the best scores ever recorded in reception perception history. Chris Godwin uh, owns the number one spot right there at 78.6% uh, success rate on the nines. That was in 2019. Tyreek Hill also in 2019, 78.3%. And then Tyler Lockett also again in 2019, 77.8%. So just to kind of give you an idea and to be honest with you, Matt, I was really surprised because to me, Calvin Ridley is not, well, first of all, he just doesn't have that speed. Right. Um, so how does he do it from a technique standpoint? How does he stack these secondary guys and and just win over the top like that? And Chris Godwin, that 2019 season, 4.7 percent of his sampled routes were nine routes. So, yeah, it's a really crazy high score. But I mean, how many routes is that? Correct. Over the over the, over the right. eight game sample, whereas with Calvin Ridley, you know, it's 11.5 percent. It's 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 a decent bit higher. It's almost it's more than double the amount mm -hmm. of routes that Chris Godwin is running there. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I think you just it technique obviously is the biggest thing, as you mentioned. I mean, he is really, truly um, like a master technician. And, and I think you've seen a lot of that with like, by the way, his, his funny, like Calvin Ridley's 2019 uh, success rate is 77.4%. So like, yeah, this guy's a great, <laughs> this guy's a great vertical route runner. This guy's yeah, a truly right. special vertical route runner. And I do, by the way, I do think speed is a calling card of his game. I really think he is a fast player you know, like weight adjusted speed from a 40 mm -hmm. time standpoint is like whatever, but more of his like questionable athletic stuff was like the vertical jump and things like that from a 40 time right. perspective, he was fine. But it just, I think when you get the pads on with how confident and deliberate and fluid he is as a route runner, um, like, you know, that clip that's making the rounds, you know, and by the way, we can shoot all um, training camp clips into the sun at this point, but that clip that was making the rounds where it's like Zay Jones runs the dig route and then Calvin Ridley runs the dig route and a lot of people are like, wow, look how much faster Calvin Ridley is in Zay Jones. I get it, but also just like, look how deliberate and you know, he is and confident is he is and more fluid he is as a route runner. Yeah, the quickness fluid. with Calvin Ridley is really right. um, the special part of it. I mean, he is, I, I think when you sit down and rank route runners, like he might at his best might be among like the 10, uh, eight to 10 best pure route runners in the league. That's pretty good stuff. Uh, 189 pounds. He clocked in at the combine and uh, this is, you know, again, the combine, I get it. Uh, but 189 pounds, four, four, three, 40. You talk about that vertical jump, 31 inch vertical jump, which was just so lackluster. It was uh, actually shocking. <laughs> lackluster um, That uh, vertical jump was for Calvin Ridley, but you're right. Four, four, three is totally fine. Uh, but uh, you know, I kind of go back to that weight adjusted 40 and it, it just, really wasn't just wasn't special 
You know what I mean? Uh, but again, I think what you were talking about, he's just getting by. Um, I shouldn't say just getting by, but he is getting by by secondary guys with technique on um, fluidity and suddenness. Uh, and certainly, you know, being able to kind of sort of mask what he's trying to get done, um, I think is, is one of his calling cards certainly, but, uh, but yeah, it's interesting stuff, man. Um, when you take a look at what Trevor Lawrence was good at, and, and that was all the underneath stuff. Uh, West Coast Concepts by Doug Peterson, as we as we talked about. Uh, but Lawrence was great on the out dig and curls. 80% on the out route success rate, 78% on the digs, 85% success rate for Trevor Lawrence on curl routes. Matt Harmon, that's that's good stuff right there. And and again, this is these are staples uh, in a West Coast offense that if Calvin really just steps right in, he could be highly productive. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know we're going to talk about my uh, cheat sheet later. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, I'm going to be very high on Calvin Ridley this year uh, just because, <laughs> look, I mean, all the buzz is good about him. Uh, all, uh, he looks great, according to everybody. He's dialed in, according to him mm-hmm. and according to everybody. And, like, it just – the player he was that last time we saw him was fantastic. And I think the quarterback that Trevor Lawrence is – you know, like this, this, the, the stuff with him from, from class and data is like pretty good. You know, I think there are areas where he can get better, but yeah. man, I mean, we're definitely talking about part of the, and I think people are more excited about um, Trevor Lawrence going into his third year than they were with Josh Allen going into his third year. Oh yeah. But dude, like, remember the guys that Josh Allen was throwing to as a rookie? Like it was Robert Foster. It was oh Robert Foster. There you go. Zay Jones, ironically. Kelvin Benjamin was on that 2018 Bills team. You know, like LaShawn (laughs) McCoy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like LaShawn McCoy, a running back who wasn't ever, who was a good um, pass catcher, but wasn't like, you know, freaking Christian McCaffrey or anything like that, right? Um, That was the top. Those were like the top target getters on the team that year. You're like, yeah, I'm looking it up. Foster, good God. Zay Jones, 102 targets, 56 (laughs) catches. Kelvin Benjamin, LaShawn McCoy, Robert Foster, Charles Clay. I mean, Jason Crew. Yeah, like my God. And and then obviously, then he gets John Brown and Cole Beasley that year, the second year, and then Mm -hmm. um, of course in the third year they bring Stephon Diggs in, and we know what happened with that. I think right. it's a pretty similar situation with um, Trevor Lawrence, who number one wasn't even getting like real NFL coaching in his first year, but yeah. has you know his first year they have like Laquan Treadwell's taking major snaps for that team. Um, you know they have uh, Lavisca Chenault, who's like getting hype as a a running back, gadgety player for the Panthers this year. You know, like th- those are the players for Trevor Lawrence in his rookie year. Yeah. And then second year, they bring in Christian Kirk. They bring in Zay Jones, who got too much crap last year. They're like good NFL players, especially Christian Kirk. And then this year, they bring in Calvin Ridley. Like Calvin Ridley is the Stephon Diggs, I think, for Trevor Lawrence that, you know, was, that, 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 that Tre- Stephon Diggs was for, for Josh Allen. I mean, they just – they're so similar in reception perception – and if like we're talking about Calvin Ridley as one of the ten best receivers in the NFL, like with a bullet by the end of the season, I think I wouldn't mm. be surprised. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, look, they they certainly overpaid for Christian Kirk um, at the time, and and Zay Jones, you know, signed a three year, twenty four million dollar contract as well. And you're thinking, okay, that's you're overpaying there, but they they underpaid for Calvin Ridley. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they got by Calvin a lot. Ridley by a, a country mile. They 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 paid on the cheap. Oh man, it was practically free what they got. 
Calvin Ridley, man. So I don't know. Maybe it all levels out, you know, because they I do think they they massively overspent for um for actually really all their pass catchers, right? Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, uh, and Evan Ingram. Like they they overspent on those guys, but uh, but certainly getting a lot of value here uh, with Calvin Ridley. It's Reception Perception, the show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon. All right, you, you kind of teased it here. Um, you, you finally kind of worked on your half PPR cheat sheet. Okay, you set this all up. You've got tiers going. You've got quarterback tiers. You've got running back tiers, tight end tiers. And, of course, you have wide receiver tiers as well. Uh, this uh, cheat sheet, I believe, is going to be up on the... By the time you hear this podcast, it should be up on the site. Um, but, Matt Harmon, I will ask you, it's half PPR format. Uh, give me guys at any position now uh, that you're a little higher than consensus and explain. Yeah, receivers specifically, because I'm sure that's what people uh, will, will want to know most of all. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I do I do have Calvin Ridley as a f- like wide receiver 13, a fringe top 10 guy. I just think, or top 12 guy. Yeah. I just think he's so good. I think everything we just talked about, I'm just fully buying in um, to, to everything the Jaguars are selling. And, and Christian Kirk, by the way, you know, I have him right now at 30, uh, just right around 32-ish. I think you can very much draft Christian Kirk where he's going and be in on Calvin Ridley too like I don't think one has to steal too much from the other one interesting like tier to me and I've been um Rich Rebar actually got my gears turned about this on the on the Yahoo show a couple days ago this like fourth tier I decided to bunch all these guys like my fourth tier of receivers together and I might jumble this up like the order of it by the time it goes live but um Marquise Brown Deontay Johnson Michael Pittman Drake London DJ Moore Christian Watson Chris Godwin Keenan Allen it's like wide receiver 22 to 29 for me and I think a lot of these guys you know Keenan Allen and Chris like a lot all these guys basically just need like quarterback play to cooperate or like a ton Mm -hmm. of volume and uh I think if I'm looking at this tier like this is this is the tier of guys that you really want to be thinking about because the talent is going to outkick where I think a lot of people like the, the guys like Deontay and Michael Pittman and Drake London and DJ Moore and like right. those guys like that. The talent is going to outkick sort of like the situation, right? That they're in even, mm-hmm. even Marquise Brown to a good degree as well. And you kind of have to decide like who is going to get that intersection of like either massive, massive volume to pump them up higher than this or, mm-hmm. And or are they going to get the quarterback play to cooperate to pump them up higher than this? I really like Pittman in this tier. That's why I have him ranked ahead of consensus. You know, right now, consensus wise, he's like wide receiver 34. I have him somewhere between 22 and 24. Um, I, I think this is really an important, an important tier um, to, to be considering for your wide receivers this year. Yeah, I mean, when I look at wide receiver and when you break it down into tiers like this, um, Look, in fantasy, it's always smart to zig when they zag, right? And right now, running backs are going a full round later um, than what they were last year. And I'm almost at the point now where it's like I'm actually really comfortable going running back, running back off the top, mostly because there are a lot of wide receivers I really, really like uh, in this tier four, five range, four, four, five and six range um, that you've got laid out. Um, I love Michael Pittman, as you say. Deontay Johnson, I think, is still a pretty good value. Um, there's got to listen, man. With Deontay Johnson, there, there has to be positive touchdown regression. There has yeah, to be. There will be. There will be. 
right? Like, come on, this guy's got to get like six to eight touchdowns. This year. It just, I don't, how does it not happen? I don't know. Maybe Kenny Pickett takes a step forward uh, from the quarterback position as well. Uh, yeah, I think, you- I think Pickett, I really just, just to speak on Pickett, like I have him at 19, he's like kind of consensus ranked QB 22. And like, I think there's a very real chance he could be like a fringe quarterback one just because of like, I'm high on Deontay Johnson. I'm high on George Pickens as a vertical X receiver. I think he's obviously got holes in his game that we've outlined right. in this podcast, but like if he just in that role alone, I think he can be very good in that vertical X receiver role. I really like Pat Fryermuth as a tight end. I think Allen Robinson in the slot's going to be good mm-hmm. this year. Like this offense is set up to go as long as the offensive line is good, which is a little bit of a risk rookie left right. tackle. And yep. then obviously Matt Canada's offense is not great. We we have concerns about that, but like the but <laughs> right. Pickett, like I think he showed flashes towards end the end of last year. If he takes a step, man, like I think all these I think drafting Steelers is gonna be a good idea for the first time in a while. Well, you're gonna get crazy value. I mean, none of these guys are going early at all. I mean, you know, yeah. they're going late, you know, they're going late, late, late. Um, I'm not as interested in your tier five. Uh Jerry Judy, Mike Williams, Christian Kirk, Mike Evans. Dotson is interesting to me. Uh, but I still got, obviously there's a lot of question marks at the quarterback position and then Gabe Davis, George Pickens, and then JSN are in your tier five tier six, Matt. Can we go through this? Cause I, I'm really interested in these guys. Cause these guys are going late. These guys mm-hmm. are going mad late. Um, and I really like uh, some of these players. I think Juju again, he gets shat on a lot. Um, <laughs> but I mean, again, in New England, man, like he's going to be their top. I, I personally think he's going to be their top target getter. Um, he could be walking into some pretty significant volume. Um, you know, again, Quentin Johnson pairing with uh, uh, the quarterback situation with Justin Herbert there in um, almost at San Diego, even after all these years. But with the Chargers, <laughs> um, you know, he's got an opportunity to pop. I like Brandon Cooks. I love Sky Moore. We talked about him. Uh, Odell Beckham, Zay Flowers there. And oh, I like that you got Odell Zay and Rashad Bateman oh, all yeah. just clumped the hedge, <laughs> the absolute hedge ranking. Um, yeah, I, I I like these two tier six and seven actually are really interesting. Like yep. all those guys, it's funny, Juju, I have like 10 spots ranked ahead of consensus because people are just burying him, I think, because of like he's had some health concerns this offseason. Obviously, going to New England's not great, but like I think he could. I think, look, the Patriots offense is not going to be as good as the Chiefs offense, but like Juju could have the exact same season, like 78 catches, 933 yards and three touchdowns, or even like slightly better than that playing with the playing with Mac Jones and the Patriots as he did with Patrick Mahomes. And like, I mean, totally again, agree. the offense isn't the offense isn't going to, and by the way, that would, he'd be like the 37th in, in totally, you know, non, um, I mean, he'd be, he'd be fine in, in fantasy, right? Like he'd be, he'd be fine if he was that guy. Absolutely. Um, and it'd be he's fine he just he's a fine he's a whatever player um and then i i agree with you that like the tier five guys all of those players are probably going to be volatile week to week players yep um Mm -hmm. i I think that's definitely the case and then but there's a lot of guys in this sixth tier that that's that's going to be the case too but i think several of these guys obviously all of the rookies and some of the 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 third year players like Bateman and Elijah Moore and some of the second Moore. year guys like Sign me up. Burks and 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 Sky Moore like I think they're all going to be they're going to score points pretty similarly to the guys yeah. that are in week five week or t- tier five tier five just has an easier path to volume mm-hmm. and then can I just talk about like tier seven real quick some of, I won't go through some of the names because there's some of the names we just talked about on the last week's podcast but like I basically could call this tier like 
yo, wide receiver tier seven, all going to get more volume than people want to admit. You know, it's, it's Nico <laughs> Collins, it's Isaiah Hodgins, it's Cortland Sutton, uh-huh, it's Adam uh-huh. Thielen, Van Jefferson. And like, there's some guys that are more exciting in that tier than others. Uh, but that's basically like the meat of that tier. So I, that's another one that like, Hey, if you want to just pass on tier five, I like some of the guys in tier five a lot, but if you want to just pass yeah. on tier five and focus on six and seven, mm-hmm. I think that's pretty viable. Cause I'll tell you what, to, to spin it to running backs real quick, man, like, I think that tier four of running backs, like I know that's typically like the running back dead zone. And maybe I sound like an idiot for not for liking these guys, but there's some really appealing players that like it's guys that are going to moonwalk into a ton of volume, like Alexander Madison and Miles Sanders and like Damian Pierce. Yep. Um, But typically it's like, Oh, those guys are dust balls. Like, you know, Mike Davis or something like they're, they're, they're just random players. But I think all of these guys are actually pretty good. Um, especially like Miles Sanders is a proven vet, like Damian Pierce, promising player. Like if you want to pass on kind of that group of receivers and go after this tier of running back, I think that's pretty, pretty viable. I mean, you've got Jameer Gibbs there in, uh, your running back tier four as well. I think a lot of people getting really excited about that. Um, Cam Akers, I'm not the biggest fan of he's running back 20, uh, in consensus rankings. And for me, he's like around 21. So I'm kind of just like, yeah, he's, he's a whatever pick there, but there are other guys that like go lower than cam Akers consensus ranking wise that um like alexander madison and damian pierce that i like a, a little bit better um honestly like i'm looking at this too like i kind of want to bump david montgomery up to 20 it's crazy because it's two backs in the same team but they're just going to play such different roles uh david <laughs> montgomery and jameer gibbs like i kind of want to yeah. put david montgomery over like oh don't do it james, don't do james connor jk dobbins i mean he's nah. gonna score like seven touchdowns no, I, 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 I am so out on David. I think Jameer Gibbs is going to get the bulk. Um, I, he's going to be the player that everyone wanted uh, DeAndre Swift to be all these years, but yeah. I think Jameer Gibbs is actually going to get it done. By the way, David Montgomery, just he's not a good player. Uh, and also, uh, he's, not even, he's not even nearly as effective as... Uh, because again, I, I understand why people are doing this. They, see the, they saw the Detroit Lions last year, DeAndre Swift... Jamal Williams. They see Jamal Williams was so productive. David, David Montgomery ain't Jamal Williams guys. Like it's just not, they're, they're not in the same, you know, grouping talent wise. David Montgomery is just not very good. The um, lions seem to disagree with you considering they were like, yep, we don't give know, a damn about signing Jamal Williams and we're just going to bring in David Montgomery, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know what, it, and you know what? The bears disagree with me too. Right. It's like they kept, it, it didn't matter how ineffective David Montgomery. was. They just kept giving him starter reps. <laughs> they just kept making yeah. him the starter. You're like, all right. OK, I guess. Sure. If you like, you know, your back set, give you three point seven yards per carry. Sure, go ahead. I guess we'll just keep going with David Montgomery. I guess I don't get it. Uh, but actually, I, I like your tier five, too. That's probably the most exciting tier for me is Javante Williams, Rashad White. Love both those guys. Alvin Kamara, who's going so late because he's going to get suspended, but could honestly come back and pop, right? Exciting player. James Cook running with one of the best offenses in the NFL. Could be a a great pick. Isaiah Pacheco. The shoulder concerns me. Anytime a guy's got a shoulder injury at the running back position, that is a big-time concern. Uh, But certainly you want the lead back, potentially the lead back, uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. So I, I, I really like your tier five as well. Anyways, uh, go to the website, receptionperception.com uh, to see the full tier list there. Half PPR format uh, from Matt Harmon exclusively on the website. All right. Are you ready, Matt Harmon, for this week's edition of 
the option the option the option the option as ready as i can ever be with these option rounds (laughs) (laughs) all right 1k or 1 million are you ready 1k for free or 1 milli but you can never sleep with a pillow or a blanket ever again no sleepy sleepy time with a blanket or pillow ever again but you do get a cool million uh, well, for one, when you first posed this question in the pre-show um, uh, extravaganza, I, my first thought was like, oh, dude, the million dollars taking the million. that hard. I'm taking yeah, the million easy. dollars. I don't easy. have to take the million. you know, my ass kicked by uh, Canelo <laughs> or I don't have to get <laughs> right, put in a hospital right, by right. Uh, uh-huh. an NFL defender. Uh, I certainly don't have to be a pretend freaking baby uh, like <laughs> By the way, I think I'd rather I think I'd rather Canelo beat my ass than be the pretend, be a baby, pretend for baby five years go. or whatever. That was still okay. by far the worst one you come up with, you <laughs> sicko. Um, but this one, I will say immediately, I was like, I got it. I'm doing it. But then I think to myself, like, the rest of how, your life. This is not five years. Rest of right. your life. No pillow, no blanket. And like when we're talking about no blanket, we're talking like, so you're just like sleeping on a mattress. On a mattress. Because you. Just on a mattress, and and yeah, doesn't matter about the weather. I nope. mean, dude, you're going to be you're going to be, be dialed in on that thermostat. Uh, you <laughs> you get up and you're slightly cold. You're cr- hopefully you have like the Google Home. Uh, you know, you can control it on your phone. You roll uh-huh. over and you're just like immediately dialing it up. You know, when it gets too too cold and and all that's going to be a hellscape. And the no pillow thing, man. Yo, I mean, no this, embarrass- this is embarrassing, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to say it on the podcast. Like, okay. uh, this is how, again, which is giving me a lot of hesitation about whether I could do the, do this for a million dollars. Like, obviously I've got my two pillows, you know, okay. I'm, I got, I'm a big, pretty big broad, broad shouldered guy. Like I need the second pillow to get up there to okay. really get my equilibrium correct with, with my side. <laughs> I'm a side sleeper. Uh-huh. You got to be yeah, a yeah. side sleeper if you're sleeping oh, on your yeah. stomach. Oh yeah. You're doing things wrong. Yeah. Okay. I, I hate okay. to tell you, but you're screwing yourself up. If you're sitting there throughout your entire life, you know, you're a 30 plus year old man, man. And you're like, well, my back hurts all the time. And you're sleeping on your stomach. Time to time to think about your life choices. That's just you know for another time. But my but I do have a third pillow every night. Okay. And um, what between the legs? Between the legs and oh and my, my god! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my wife, my wife and I. My wife calls it my oh your your penis pillow. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I mean, for one, that thing should be burned to the burn wow. for sure. But um, wow. yeah, like it's funny because I I can't remember um, Matt Harmon out there with three pillows going to bed. Oh three pill, and like I'll tell you what, if I don't have that, the third one is oh the between God. the the penis pillow between the legs. Yeah. Okay, if I don't have that one, dude, right. it's it's a bad night's sleep because it's just <laughs> it's just. Yeah, you not know, great. The, so. the only the only thing this tells me, Matt, is that you are officially an old. Like, yeah, this is the thing. Do you remember? And I, I know everyone who's listening to this. It's going to be very age dependent what their answer is, right? Because if you're like 22 years old, you're like, oh, dude, I'll take that, Billy. That's easy money right there. Listen, bro, when you I don't know what happens, but like when you hit like 30, it becomes more and more painful to sleep. I'm now in my early 40s. And listen, the prospect of sleeping with no pillow, no blanket, that is just, that's a non-star. Like, I wouldn't be able to sleep. 
I yeah. wouldn't be able to sleep. It's all as you mentioned, you're sleeping with three pillows. You got a blanket or whatever, you know, and it's like, and it's already like you're barely hanging on right now. Imagine you now. And again, you're in your thirties. Like now fast forward 10 years, it, 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 stuff gets, it, it starts to get uncomfortable to sleep. I know that sounds stupid and ridiculous. If you're in your twenties, you're like, this doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense for whatever reason. It just becomes more and more difficult to sleep. And it just becomes such a pain in the ass. I know I sound like such an old man right now, but hey, it's hey, true. Uh, James, but it's do you true. know, I, there's an easy, easy answer for this. What's that? Um, you want to know, you want to know why it's, it's, it's painful and, and not good is because you're supposed to be dead by now. <laughs> uh, like <laughs> the average human right, lifespan uh -huh. for residents of England yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in 1700 was 37 years. Wow. The earth is trying to tell you to get the hell out of here. Okay. Wow. And meanwhile, you know, we're living till like, I mean, I'm looking at the this, who knows, this data that I'm looking at could be complete yeah, yeah, yeah. shit. But, totally. you know, like now we're pushing like in um, in America, you know, like 2018, like we're up at in the 70s. Like we yep, are yep. way past our supposed expiration date. You know, when for the hunter gatherers, it's like 25 years life expectancy, you know. So, for yeah, sure. you're going to you're to serve to merely keep living in your painful <laughs> existence. You're going to need two pillows, your penis yep. pillow, okay. your, your humidifier, your your oh God, dude. Yo, sound got to have a sound machine, got to have the whole. I mean, yeah, I, I'm thinking about this. Like, that's why, yeah, you're, you're if you're a 24 year old listening, it's like these softies. I mean, my yeah, dude, God, totally. like Absolutely. you can't, you can't. That's because you guys are still supposed to be alive. Um, Bro, I'm, I'm, you, I'm I supposed mean, to be do you, facing do you remember, the end. Though? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you remember when you were in your 20s? Like you would just get blackout drunk and like sleep on the ground with like, I don't know, like a T-shirt like tucked between your arm and your head yeah. and that's all you had. And you know what? Best sleep of your life. Maybe, you, you a, maybe a paper towel with the roller still on it. Yeah. I mean, dude, it's, you know, like and you woke up the next day and you were ready to fire off, man. Like you were ready to play basketball. Like you're, you're yeah, good, a couple, you know, a couple crack, couple, like you know, one of these, one of these. And then, uh, all right, we're, <laughs> we're ready to rock brunch. Like, let's, exactly. let's do it all. Like, let's do it all again. Let's dial it back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, not so much like, anymore. No, uh, not so no. much anymore. No, 30s. It's like, bro, like, you know, the, you have you have a six pack of beers. You go to sleep at 1 a.m. And like the next day is just it's just shot. You're I'm done. Groggy. I'm, I'm feeling <laughs> groggy. My wife have this brain fog. Yeah. You know what, though? I say all this, but I mean, it's yeah. a million dollars, dude. I'm going to give it a shot. I, I I'm going to no, I know. Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing it. I mean, if I like, again, I brought up the paper towels. Maybe that's my life now as I'm sleeping on paper. <laughs> I'll have to have one for. I'll have to have my penis paper towels, you know, stuck between my legs, <laughs> obviously, at this point. Uh, so and maybe maybe I can like just put a I'll just have to sleep with paper yeah, towels and towels. Um, OK, that's that's my life. Rolled up, rolled up towels as your pillows. And uh, yeah, OK. You know, by the way, underrated is the blanket thing, too, by the way. It's that's very like the no blankets underrated, you know, like the pillows very, you know, it's obvious it's going to be painful. It's going to suck. You know, no pillow. OK. But the no blanket, too, is very underrated. Like, as you know, um, you know, when you were single, you, you had the blanket all yourself. It's fine. And then, of course, then when you start seeing a significant other, like for whatever reason, um, like women, they just I, they just love to just get that pill, like love to get the blanket. They, 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 they hoard the blanket. 
you know, and inevitably Ooh. I'm going to wake up. It doesn't matter what the temperature is set at. I'm going to wake up because I'm a little bit, I'm just a, a touch cold, just a touch cold. And I wake up, you know what I'm saying? So like, and that, that disrupts the sleep as well. So I'm just saying no blankets, a little underrated, bro. Yeah. I'm, I'm the blanket hog of the, uh, uh-huh. So. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, I mean, I'm right. like, I'm a, I'm, I'm like a, I'm like twice her. I'm like a foot taller than her and like easily have a hundred pounds on my wife. So, Oh my God. Yeah, I'm, I'm, if somebody's winning the blanket oh battle, God. it better be me or we've got a real problem. So, dude, for you, it's a it's a double whammy. Like yeah, you don't I'm, even oh. you don't even realize how much you re- rely on the blanket, bro. Yeah, but James, you know what? Again, it's a million dollars, and yeah. per historical yeah. data, I should be pretty much in the last <laughs> years of my life here. You should you you're out That's, living I'm, your. I'm, I mean, yeah, you're. Exactly. You're out a, living it. I mean, I got one foot so, in the grave, dude. I got one. I mean, foot dude, in the grave. I, I'll take I'll take my million dollars nah, and uh, right, I'll live enough. out my last few years in misery, I suppose. <laughs> um, but hey, again, at least that a million dollars I can pay for like a, um, a some sort of you know AC system. I mean, the HVAC is blowing up for sure. I mean, yeah. I, but you know, I, I got to yeah, pay, yeah, yeah. pay for something to figure it out. Like, okay. uh, all, right. again, the sound machine, the dehumidifier, the whole thing, uh-huh. all, everything else will be perfect in that room. Um, <laughs> But not, but not the blanket and pillow. <laughs> All right, there you go. All right, that's the show, man. Uh, we we've gone on a little too long, uh, but uh, but yeah, I'm glad we dug into Matt Harmon's sleeping routine, which is very extensive, apparently. God damn. Yeah, well, sleep Three is. Hey, by the way, sleep the is sleep is important. Uh, again, if oh, you, yeah. you, you oh, do yeah. sleeping oh, yeah. on your backs for five hours a day, you know, yeah. Russell Wilson apparently never sleeps, and then he stinks. Uh, you know. <laughs> Uh, so just saying sleep is important prioritize it is it is it is it is try to get at least uh try to get at least seven hours of sleep uh i'd never do that but uh but you should try Uh, give it a shot so there you (laughs) give it a shot there you go that's the show uh by the way uh as we mentioned quarterback data did drop on the website receptionperception.com if you're for if it's your first time listening we appreciate y'all we would very much like a uh, subscribe to the podcast as well but go ahead and check out the website receptionperception.com to see all the latest quarterback data and the half PPR Matt Harmon rankings, uh, see where he is above and below consensus on certain players. So there you go. All right. For Matt Harmon, I'm James Coe. We'll see it. And I will start uh, ending the show by saying you're never too old to start what you love. All right. So there you go. We'll see you.